You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Guest again today is Mike Brazier, uh, Ducks Unlimited's waterfowl scientist. And we were actually just talking off air and Mike brought up some of the things that he did for his master's research. And I, I just was like, man, we got to record this. This is fascinating information. So Mike, tell us a little bit about your research that you did, kind of your uh, background, how you, was your PhD, is that correct? No, this was my, 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 my master's. Master's, okay. Yeah. So what was your master's research on? Well, so for starters, I have to kind of give a plug for my university at Mississippi State University. There you That's go. I got my bachelor's and my master's. Um, uh, and I, I went on to Ohio State to get my PhD, but, but with respect to my, to my, master's project. It was 1998, 1999. It was actually a really unique opportunity to learn something about a segment of waterfowl ecology that we hadn't studied very much before. Most studies of breeding waterfowl ecology focus on the females. Females are the most limiting sex in most, uh, let's just say, uh, duck populations, uh, probably most waterfowl populations too, but but certainly in, in uh, ducks in North America, there's the most populations exhibit a male bias sex ratio with more males than there are females. And the females are the ones that are also responsible for cranking out all the ducklings. You know, without the females, you don't have the little ducklings. And so rightly so, most studies of ecology had focused on the females, nesting, nesting success, nesting rate, renesting rate, etc. But invariably what happened in these studies when we were, when you would mark a female uh, with a little radio transmitter or something, there's all these questions in the, in the back of your mind about, well, what are the males? What's what, what are the males? Doing? Because they pair up seasonally. They, yeah. they pair in the in the fall and winter. The males follow the females back to the breeding grounds, and the male has certain roles there that we understand. But what we didn't understand very well was what the males started doing, and exactly how uh, the the timing of some of their activities as the female got into uh, into the uh, into their incubation. I mean, we had a good idea. We we knew from observations, but. Um, what we were able to do in my study is actually radio mark the males to really study them intensively, go out and collect visual observations on these males. Was there a specific species you were doing? Mallards. Mallards, Mallards okay. yes, yes. And what we really wanted to know, uh, this is sort of the unique twist to it, was we wanted to know what the paired males were doing relative to the unpaired or vice versa. Yeah. You know, you got these two segments of males, male, more males than females in the population. So some of those males go through the breeding season unpaired. And we can get, there are a lot of details here that I won't get into, but, but basically what those paired males and unpaired males are doing is relevant because of the criteria that are used to estimate population size. During these aerial surveys, they will count pairs, mm-hmm. uh, and then they have to make an assumption about the pair status of a lone male that they see out there. Is that paired or is it unpaired? Because mm-hmm. if it's paired, you kind of have to, you, got, you have to account for the female, right? When you're estimating population size. So what our what what my study was able to do is by radio marking those males and following them around and collecting um, 
visual observations, I was able to compare the behaviors and social groupings of paired males to unpaired males, and that linked back to an evaluation of the breeding uh, breeding pair criteria used in the May BPOP survey. Oh, cool. So, and, and we found that, you know, in, in some cases we are probably, um, uh, we're assuming some of the birds that we see are paired when in fact they're unpaired. And, and I guess to put a fine point on this, what the survey methods assume is that when they see a lone male out on a, mm-hmm. on a wetland, they assume that it has a female somewhere nesting. So all those lone males, they multiply by two. Oh, yeah. And then they add those up. That mm-hmm. gets your total population size. What we found from our research is that, in fact, some of those unpaired males that we knew were unpaired as a result of repeated observations, mm-hmm. never saw them with a female, um, they, too, were by themselves alone on some wetlands, and they would thus have been counted as paired males and would have been factored, you know, as yeah. in, in the breeding population survey so that way. So it's kind of interesting, and we did some back the back of the envelope calculations. So were you you were visually watching these? Numbers. We were. That's yeah. right. We went out about every day and tried to put an eye on these birds, and we recorded if they were by itself, it was if if it was with another male or two males or in groups of five or greater. And that's sort of the other thing, other part of the survey criteria is that when they see birds in groups, I believe it's five or greater. They assume those are unpaired males. Hmm. So we also found like bachelor that, group that's type. right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. So okay. so we were evaluating some of those assumptions mm-hmm. by virtue of radio marking some and Where were males. you doing the First year was in southwestern Manitoba, and the second year was in southeastern Saskatchewan. Wow. Mike, that's fantastic information. Really, that's something that we don't get to hear a lot, and especially, you know, listeners out there, Ducks Alone supporters, duck hunters. You know, we, we, a lot of times we don't get to hear about this cool research that a lot of our scientists do, and I really appreciate it. I just want to throw in, you know, you did all this great. If you want to, we'll do the next podcast about my journalism degree from Indiana State. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I'll make sure to bring my pillow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.